0: Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. I hope everyone's doing well. This is episode 15 of season 2 and just like season 1, this is going to be the last episode of this season. I'm going to take a little bit of a breather in between seasons 2 and 3 because I really want to get some more interviews completed. That's kind of I want that to be the focus of the third season. I want to be able to talk to people. I've had a few people reach out, and some of those are the people I talked to in season two, but I would really like to talk to more people and kind of share the word about different organizations that are out there that really support the outdoors. I want to see if I can get into the mental health aspect of hiking and working out a little bit more as well. So, if you or someone that you know might be interested in discussing or sharing or just spreading the info about upcoming events in any part of Texas, I don't, I'm not particular to just where I live, but anywhere because we have listeners on this podcast from all over actually. Not even just Texas, but all over the United States and all over the globe. So that's that's really neat to see those numbers come in. So yeah, this episode is going to focus on hiking in the heat. Summer is upon us. And while it's not ideal for a lot of people, being outdoors is really a safe haven for some of us that are a little just kind of worn out and stressed out and the outdoors like i've said at the very beginning of this season when the epidemic hit you know the outdoors aren't closed and while some of the parks may close or fluctuate or something you know if you're feeling like you're having a really bad day i definitely implore you to just step outside and get some fresh air and i really think it's going to help you and you know, I'm, I'm available on my channels if you need some ideas or need some suggestions on where to go or what to get or if any of this information is helpful and you would like to just kind of reach out to me about anything that I've talked about or just any questions that you may have. I will try to answer as best as I can or try to put you in the right direction for some of that. So hiking in the heat, hydrating dehydrating what to look out for for a heat stroke or heat exhaustion all those things are really important so i hope you find some value out of this episode if you like what you're listening to in the first two seasons i invite you to go to anchor.fm and look for the texas trailhead you can support this podcast and really just support everything the podcast the website the youtube channel with a small monthly donation those do start as little as 99 cents per month so i know for a lot of people money is tight but if that is something that you can't afford i would really appreciate it it kind of helps keep everything going and helps keep the 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 content coming Um, To everyone that's enjoying it So again I really appreciate y'all listening I hope season 2 Y'all got to hear some Improvements from season 1 And then in season 3 I look forward to bringing y'all some New info from the trails Or just be able to share some Stories so until then Grab your backpack Put on your hiking shoes and let's all go out On another adventure This is the Texas Trailhead Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret that you may or may not be aware of already. But Texas in the summertime, now get ready, is freaking hot outside. <laughs> oh, oh! everyone knew that already. Okay, just just wanted to make sure. But I feel like every time I turn on the news in the morning before I get ready for work, it's just... A handful of reminders that the heat and the heat index is no joke. And for me, I like to hike a lot in the summertime, and I feel nowadays that I'm a little bit more acclimated to it. But uh, I'm really not, and no, no human is really going to be acclimated to the heat. The heat does a lot of really crazy things, but. I learned a lot of these things the first time that I hiked at Pernalis Falls State Park. If you listened to that episode, you can find it in the archives of this podcast. That was the first state park that I learned that heat and staying hydrated are really, really important things to take into consideration when you're doing any kind of hike, no matter the distance. You can hike three miles or hike 30 miles, whatever you're going to hike. If you're hiking in the summertime, and if you're hiking in the summertime in Texas, you really, really need to be mindful of your nutrition and your hydration and all the various factors that I'm going to talk about in this episode. So pernalis Falls was the first time that I realized that, one, it didn't have the right equipment, And I wasn't prepared with my hydration. What happened was that I didn't plan my journey well enough, to be honest. It was kind of my first big hike that I had planned on doing when I started hiking at the state parks a little bit more regularly. And on paper, the trail that I was supposed to do was supposed to be 5.5 miles, so I was thinking to myself, cool, 5.5 mile hike, no big deal. What I didn't take into consideration was that from the parking lot to get down to this trail was going to be a little bit of a journey, and I wasn't taking into account that I wasn't going to know where the trail begins, and I was going to go almost two miles in the wrong direction, and then two miles back... And then once I found the trail, I didn't realize how hot it was gonna be and how dressed, incorrectly dressed I was gonna be, and that I didn't take enough water. So what happened was, I definitely started to feel the effects of heat exhaustion. And by the time that I got back to my car, what was supposed to be a 5.5-mile hike, which I thought was going to be on paper, ended up being almost 11 miles in pretty much the peak of summer. The next three days after that, I was pretty miserable. My body was definitely underhydrated, And I didn't have enough nutrition, and I didn't have enough replenishment, and I was just really, really down and uncomfortable, and it it definitely took a few days to recover. But because of that experience, and I'm hoping I can drop some knowledge, and and y'all can not make some of these same mistakes, but because of that experience, I went out and got different gear— and was definitely more prepared for all of my hikes since then, and by no means am I a heat expert. You definitely need to take a lot of effort to kind of listen to your body, but I'm hoping that some of this information resonates with you if you're a beginner or just some good reminders for all of y'all that are heading out in the Texas summer. So the two things, there, there are Basically five different heat-related illnesses or issues. I'm going to talk about heat exhaustion and heat stroke. So heat exhaustion. What you're going to be looking for with heat exhaustion is heavy sweating, cold, pale, or clammy skin. You're going to need to take a measurement of your pulse. If you're feeling it pounding in your head and if it's really, really fast, you know... You're you're going to be needing to be mindful of that. So, so I'm going to talk about heat exhaustion and heat stroke. So, some of the things that you're going to want to be mindful of when it comes when it comes to heat exhaustion is heavy sweating, cold, pale, and clammy skin. Your body's just going to feel cold, pale, and clammy to the touch fast but a weak pulse, nausea or vomiting, muscle cramps, tiredness or weakness, dizziness, headache, and fainting or passing out. So that's one of the precautions that I'm always needing to be mindful of because I hike a lot by myself is that some of this stuff is going to require somebody else to kind of be aware of my situation. So when I'm hiking by myself and I know I'm going to be hiking a little bit longer in the heat, I definitely have to play it a little bit safer than I normally would if I was hiking with a buddy just because if if I'm going to put myself in a situation where I could be endangering myself, you know, that's someone's going to have to come find me and that's not going to be a fun day for anyone. So what are you going to do if you're starting to feel some of the effects of heat exhaustion? Well, one, you're going to want to move to a cooler place. Find some shade. Find some kind of edge where you can just get a little bit out of the sunlight and just try to cool your, your body down. You're going to loosen your clothes. Sometimes people just have clothes that are too tight and it's not letting your skin breathe. Put cool, wet clothes on your body or take a cool bath. If you're by a water source, that's awesome. Pertinalis Falls has water. I wasn't close to water, but if you have extra water, you can always wet something and put it around your neck, put it on your head. I tend to wear a neck gaiter fairly often when I'm hiking now during the summer, so I can always wet that if I have a little bit of extra water. And then you're going to want to sip on your water, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, later in this episode. You're going to need to get medical help right away if you are throwing up, if any of these symptoms get worse, or if your symptoms last longer, symptoms last longer than an hour. So it's really important to be measuring and taking kind of account of what's going on in your body. So heat exhaustion, and that's one that I feel like most people can experience if they're not careful, but if, if they are following some of these what-to-do guidelines, they can really bring their body temperature down. So heat stroke is a little bit different. Heat stroke is when things start to get a lot more serious, So with heat stroke, what you want to look out for is a high body temperature. And the CDC is saying about 103 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. You're going to want to look kind of for the opposite on your skin. Hot, red, dry, or damp skin. Heat stroke, fast and strong pulse. So if you're feeling that beating heartbeat in your head, if you feel it in your neck, you know, those are some things that you need to be mindful for. And then some of the other things are pretty similar. Headache, dizziness, nausea, confusion, or losing consciousness altogether. So what do you need to do if someone you're with or you have heat stroke? If you're getting to that point, call 911 right away because heat stroke is a medical emergency. You're going to need to move yourself or the person you're with to a cooler place you're going to need to help lower your, your own temperature or the person you're with and with cool clothes or a cool bath. And then do not give the person anything to drink if they're suffering from a heat stroke. And that's really important. So before we get into the hydration part, One quick way to prevent dehydration from happening even faster is wearing protective clothing and sunscreen. Becoming sunburnt will dehydrate you even faster. So make sure that before you even head out, you're protected with your skin and the clothes that you're wearing and making sure you're putting on the sunscreen because getting sunburnt is definitely not ideal, especially if you still have a little bit of hiking to go. And so when it comes to hydrating, there are definitely different ways to hydrate. And I'm gonna talk about some of the things that you can use and then some of the things that I hate and that I that I have myself. So first and foremost, I definitely recommend a hydration bladder. Hydration bladder and using the brand name, but think of camelback, kind of what they made f- famous, really. I mean, I didn't really know of them before then, but The hydration bladders are going to be a pouch that you can fill with water that have kind of a silicone tube and straw mouthpiece that you can take sips from as you hike. The first backpack that I was using didn't have a hydration bladder with it, but it is built for one. My second backpack that I upgraded to, my Osprey, was a backpack hydration system so it actually came with the osprey hydration bladder which is pretty awesome it's almost two liters and it has these ridges in the middle so it helps with the water sloshing which is really good when you're carrying a bunch of stuff you don't want your water kind of bouncing back and forth So be mindful of the type of backpack that you're using, or if you're looking for a backpack, see if it can hold a hydration bladder, because that's going to make a lot of your water carrying a lot easier, especially on the shorter hikes. Um, The other thing that I use, and I got it for cycling, but I've really kind of grown to appreciate it, is waist packs. The cycling waist packs typically have a little pouch where you can put a water bottle that's easily accessed um, either if riding your bike or hiking. So if you're going to do something a little bit shorter and you don't really need um, to take your 10 essentials, you can really use this waist pack and have your water bottle there with you. I use mine just for shorter hikes just because I like that the pouch has a place for the water bottle itself. And then speaking of water bottles, water bottles are obviously very important for you to have. But there are different types of water bottles that you can use. Um, I like to take an additional water bottle, just a dedicated water bottle with me with water uh, as a a backup if I know that I'm going to be hiking a little bit longer. I think those are that's really important. But again with the cycling, I use a water bottle that's insulated because hiking in the summer in the sun, you know, some of the bottles going to be sticking out of the pouch and an insulated water bottle will help keep the water temperature pretty steady. I used mine not too long ago at Bisher State Park, and I wasn't out very long, only about five miles, but I took a couple breaks to take pictures and shoot some video. And throughout the whole time, I didn't add any ice um, to the bottle when I filled it up, and the temperature remained the same. So It's a great, great option for you just besides a normal water bottle to take with you. Um, And then finally, and this kind of goes into different types of water bottles, filtration is something that you're going to need to be mindful of and kind of planning ahead the route. So taking the right amount of water is important depending on the distance you're planning on hiking. So, just think 16 ounces of water is about a pound. So, you're going to need to keep in mind how much water you're going to take in with you. So, not everyone wants to take that much weight with them at the beginning. So, you know, you're going to need to take into consideration your water sources. So, if you're going to a place that you're familiar with or has a map that you can look at ahead you'll know if there are water sources like water fountains or pumps so you can walk in with empty water containers and fill it up as you go as needed And that's a great way to kind of keep you hydrated. But on the flip side of that, you can also check ahead for any natural or unnatural water options, or you can source water. And so that's where the filtration comes into play. This is going to be ideal on more through hikes. Um, So that's where water filtration will be more necessary. You can take the extra bottles with you, with your filtration device, and then you can get the water as you need to from there as well, instead of like a water fountain on a separate episode, I'll be talking about water filtration. So stay tuned for that. All right. Onto hydration techniques. One of the things you're going to try to avoid is dehydration and over dehydration. When it comes to dehydration, some of the symptoms may include cramping, Headaches. Headaches are really important. Just keep that in mind. If you're getting headaches while you're being active, something is amiss, and we really need to make sure that we're keeping an eye on what's going on. Nausea and then the mumbling. If you feel like you're stumbling, mumbling, you know, those are going to be some things that you're going to need to be aware of. And then, if you're using the restroom, that dark urine with less volume, so not enough fluid, that might indicate that you're not hydrated enough. And just note that some vitamins can cause that darker color. But you know, if 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 you if you're using the restroom and you're not taking any vitamins and there's not enough coming out and it's getting really dark, um, then you you really need to know, be aware that you're not taking in enough fluid. When you're hydrating, know that it's better to take frequent sips of water rather than chugging larger amounts infrequently. Another thing is adding in sport drinks or energy drinks can help restore carbohydrates and electrolytes. And I'll talk about electrolytes here in a second. You're going to need to also be mindful of your salt intake as well. So salty snacks are actually important for hydration. And that's why on mix you have a little bit of sweet for some energy and those nuts and some of like pretzels and stuff. And that salt is going to help maintain and, you know, water weight. When you hear about that, it's a lot of it is just because you've been eating a lot of salty and your body's retaining a little bit of water. So Keep in mind that the nutrition aspect of that does help with your hydration. So there are three steps you're going to want to consider in terms of hydration. Pre-hydrating, hydrating during the actual hike, and then post-hydrating. When it comes to pre for me, when I get up in the morning, I usually start my prehydrating. You only really need 17 to 20 ounces of fluid before you hydrate. And I usually will do water or some of my sport drink prehydrating. And then hydrating during the actual hike, following some of those guidelines where you're taking frequent sips of water, then chugging larger amounts infrequently. And with the the hydration bladder you can really take your sips because your straw is kind of right there mine full, goes down on my shoulder strap and it just connects with a little magnet so it's really neat and it, it really encourages me to take those sips a little bit more frequently and before I had that and I was just using the bottle itself I would have to either reach for it or stop and take my backpack off and grab my bottle which is a little bit more of a nuisance when you think about it it's it's a lot easier but as long as you're hydrating and as long as you're following those guidelines during the actual hike, then you'll be in a, in a in a really good spot. So, And then post-hydrate. And this is kind of where I use the sport drinks for me. I usually keep a sport drink in my car on ice for when I'm done. And that's a little bit of a treat for me. I, I usually have a, um, I, don't, I don't know what the brand is, but it has some um, coconut, water and it's good potassium for some of the muscle recovery and it's a really good beverage that I like to reward myself with but that's the same one I'll drink kind of prehydrating too and because I'm usually day hiking I'm just going back to my car so a little bit of a luxury to have a, a, a chilled beverage but hey you know if you have the ability to do something to treat yourself then by all means treat yourself. So when it comes to electrolytes, electrolytes are a huge factor in all of this and can be consumed in a variety of ways. They have powder mixes and tablets um, that can be added to your beverages for more cost-effective and weight management. So you can take the ingredients to add to the water that you're sourcing and not have to pack all those sport drinks with you. I use Noon tablets and I've been really, really happy with them. The only thing to keep in mind with the Noon tablets is they are slightly carbonated. So it's important to remember that whenever you're adding them to your bottle, if it's a bottle that won't let air out, you have uh, the potential of just making that bottle pop or just having it spray when you open the the cap or the lid or whatever. So I hope you uh, got a little bit information to help you with your next hike in the heat. If you have some additional tricks, leave me a message on the Anchor app or leave a comment on the episode post on the Facebook page. You can just search the Texas Trailhead. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, facebook page and see pictures from the outdoors on my instagram page so until next time grab your backpack put on your hiking shoes and let's go out on another adventure this is the texas trailhead